You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. This is Turn Knowledge to Profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. Now, here are your hosts for Turn Knowledge to Profit, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors, Janelle and Michael McCauley. Welcome, and thank you for joining us on Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm Janelle McCauley, and along with my co-host, Michael, each week we bring you the insights, ideas, and tools that you need to earn more, make a bigger impact, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. You're going to want to take notes, so grab a pen and paper, and let's get started. This week in our Business Builder segment, Michael and I will be talking about how you can turn your coaching process into an e-course that leverages your time and serves a much bigger audience. That's in a bit, but first up, it's our success interview. Today we are talking with the business marketing architect, Lisa Mannion. Lisa helps mission-driven entrepreneurs fine-tune their marketing message and their business strategy so they can serve a much bigger audience. I'm really excited about our conversation today. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here, Janelle. I know you and I have had a couple conversations, and I'm really excited about what you have to share and introducing you to the audience. Um, I love to start our conversations, though, by having you talk just a little bit about your business, how you started it, and how it's evolved over time. Absolutely. That's always such a good question because we are ever-evolving. And Right on Creative has been in existence for well over a decade now. And I decided to start my business after working for many years in the advertising agency arena. I also managed in nonprofit uh, organizations as well as working in radio stations. So I've, I've always dabbled in media and messaging in some way. And it just came to the point where I wanted to do things on my own terms. So that's when I started my business in 2003. And basically, I wanted to focus more on writing. And I do that. But what I found is what people really needed was help with all of it, the strategy and the writing, because you can have really grand copy and a great message, but if you have no strategy in place, no one will ever see that. And the same is true. You can have a really great strategy and really bad copy, and nothing's really going to happen. So as I started you know, growing in my business, I just basically responded to the demands of my prime prospects who then turned into paying customers because I offered what it was they wanted. I love that, and I love the, the combination together because I think a lot of people get into action doing things, but they don't have that strategy piece, which I think is so important to making sure you're focusing on the right things and the right message. It really is, and it's especially true you know, a lot of times people will put together their, their whole launch campaign and be ready to roll and they'll have all of the pieces written and they'll sort of put it out there but not on a consistent basis and not with a real planned strategy. And so many times people can be disappointed hoping that they're going to cash in on either an information product or a new program or something like that, 
but without that strategy there to continue momentum, sales fall flat and then people end up being really disappointed. No, I agree. Do you think that um, people try to, to just jump in and try to market a product or program before they've actually built the relationship with people? I think that that's a big piece of it. There are so many things that I see people doing that they could just fine-tune. I always say that small shifts make big impact, right? Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes really the strategy is missing. People are always, I think, well-meaning. They have great information that they want to share. And they start kind of getting it out there, which is good. We do need to get our information out there. But they don't have a real strategy that ties directly into their projections and into how they really want their business to look and to serve them as well as their clients. So when you're working with someone um, what do you, how do you get them started? Because oftentimes people don't, they know who they want to reach, but they don't have any idea how to get started. It really depends on their individual strategy, and that sometimes takes a little bit of deep soul searching because so often people are chasing that bright, shiny object, and they've heard that, oh, I can make money doing an information product or an e-course or a video course but they don't really know exactly what it takes. So I kind of have people back up, and I like, to, I like to reverse engineer people's most powerful solutions into profitable revenue streams. So instead of chasing the low-hanging fruit or those bright, shiny objects, really anchoring into where their talents are, where they can be of best service, and how we can package that, you know, package it for profit, basically. I like that, um, powerful solutions into a profitable revenue stream. Um, I like that. You know, we often get people who come to us and want to create products and programs, and one of the things that we always tell them is we want to make sure that they've got a good foundation so it works perfect for someone who's been doing one-on-one coaching and really understands who they're serving and what their solution is before they even get started creating products. That's so true. And what I like to say, too, is when we're creating any kind of product or program, it's, that's really a matter of creating legacy work. And, and some people get a little overwhelmed by the thought of legacy and think, gosh, I haven't created a legacy yet. But quite frankly, if you're teaching people to do something and you're sharing your knowledge, you really are passing on a legacy. And you hit on a really important point, Janelle. If you have a coaching program already, you can turn that into multiple revenue streams. You can do workshops, you can do information products, you can write a book, you can write an e-course. There's so many things that you can do, and people don't always realize that. Absolutely. It's really important to leverage the things that you have out there, and you can repurpose them and reuse them in so many ways. It's really true. I mean, for many, many years, a big portion of my business was writing web content and strategies for clients, and I still do some of that. And I'm also adding in courses to teach people to write their own content so that they can really capture their own voice and take back their marketing power. Interesting. You know, and I believe that's true. Um, so often we're talking to people and they're saying, I've got to go create all my products and I've got to go 
put everything together, but what we realize is they've already got so much of what they need, and all they've got to do is maybe fill in a few pieces to really have a robust program. That's true, and I think that's where people like you and Michael come into play to help people do that with their businesses, right? And and also me, I I help clients do that as well, but one of the missing pieces is I think we're all so close to our own magic that Mm -hmm. it's a good idea to bring someone else in to take a look at that and give us a little bit of an objective uh, perspective. I, I absolutely agree, absolutely. Um, one of the questions that, that I always hear from people is when it comes to marketing, they don't understand how the process all works. So can you explain the role of copywriting in the marketing process? How does it, how does it all work? Oh, my gosh, absolutely. So, I mean, marketing is so important because we get into business because we want to share our magic with the world, but we also have to market it. And copy is extremely important. In fact, it's been referred to as the DNA of all of your marketing messages because if you think about it, if you look at any type of marketing, advertisement, or promotional material, which, by the way, copy is the written part of all of that, and if you were to strip away the words, you really wouldn't have much left. So you have to really be careful with your words, period, mm-hmm. because it's what connects you with people. And also when you ask, you know, what is marketing? Marketing is really building relationships. And sometimes people miss that as well because they think, oh, my gosh, marketing, it's just another skill set that I have to learn. When we really all do possess the people skills to connect on a deep level when we're fully aligned, when we are tapped into our own values, we're owning the value that we deliver, and we're creating a message that really connects with our prime prospects to entice them to become paying customers. Hmm. It's interesting when you say marketing is, is really building relationships, because I think most people, um, I mean, I know I have, think of marketing as really selling your, what you're offering, but when you talk about it as building relationships, it puts it in a whole different light. Well, it does, but here's the beauty of copy and your marketing messages. They can build those relationships for you. That makes the sales process so much easier. And so when you're in full alignment with your message, you are absolutely attracting exactly who you're supposed to play with, and you don't have to try and convince someone that you're the natural choice. You just become that. And there's a piece of that, though, that I think many people miss that I always like to to bring to light, and that is you have to be able to own that value and you have to be able to share that in a really clear way in the form of value proposition. And what I mean by that is you need to have case studies and results that clearly showcase the return on investment that people get from doing business with you. No, I know. We were having that conversation um, just recently about having case studies and the importance of that so people can really see what you have to offer and the kind of results your clients are getting. Yeah, and what it does then is it's really just empowering people with the knowledge they need to know you're the best choice. And how beautiful is that? That, again, makes the sales process extremely easy. And I I liken both marketing and sales to relationship building tools because People do business with people they know, like, and trust. You know, that's been um, something that we've known for a really long time. Mm -hmm. However, there's also people that are teaching tactics where you treat people like numbers and you're just supposed to get the most opt-ins and 
things like that. And that sometimes waters down that relationship-based process, especially if you don't have really compelling copy that's based on your values and the values you're delivering. No, that's so true. And I think it's important to have that message so that you attract your right client. And and the first time I heard this, I didn't quite get it. But And you really repel those who aren't your clients. They'll move on to someone else who is right for them. But then you're really focusing on attracting those people who you can serve, who can benefit from what you have to offer, and who are ideal clients. That is so spot on. And, you know, a great example of that is when I'm talking about my, my copywriting methodology that I have pioneered, my challenge, solution, and invitation formula, a basis of a big piece of that, what it's based on, is focusing on passion points instead of pain points. And I will tell you that the, the people who are meant to work with me, when they hear that, they're immediately drawn to me. And then, of course, there's some people in the other camp who are teaching the pain point marketing who are definitely repelled and are not happy that I'm teaching something different, and we're not supposed to play together anyway. I was meant to serve the people who are tired of having someone poke at their pain points and try to manipulate the sale, and instead they'd really love to have someone paint a picture of possibility and move them to the best solution. Well, there's certainly plenty of people to serve. So, you know, you're going to attract the ones that really get excited about those passion points. And then if somebody's looking, you know, to really focus in on those pain points and find out the solution for that, there's certainly people that can help them. Um, We need to take a real quick break. But when we come back, I'd love to have you expand on passion points and how you Get pe- how you use those and how they're different um, because I love that approach. I, I love that um, positive focus. Absolutely. All right. We'll be right back. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Today, we're speaking with the business, business marketing architect, Lisa Mannion, and I love the fact that she has a different approach to creating your marketing message. And before the break, she said a couple things that really stuck with me, and that is creating powerful solutions and really turning those into profitable revenue streams, which is, I think, what everyone wants to do. And I loved how you were talking about 
really your message being the, the DNA in the marketing process. Um, if you, in, you missed any part of that first half of our conversation, you want to go back and listen to it because there were so many key takeaways. I want to continue our conversation, Lisa. Just before the break, you started to talk about passion points, and you just brought that up. So I'd really love to have you just go into that a little bit more because that sounds really intriguing. Oh, thanks so much. It is, and it's really it's something that I, I kind of giggle about it just because it seems so natural and so intuitive, and, and I'm surprised that no one was doing it before I started pointing this out. But, you know, I've been studying marketing, advertising, copywriting, and publicity for over two decades. And one of the things that I realized as I started getting into the copywriting arena more and more is that everyone was teaching this problem, agitate, and solve approach to create your marketing messages. And as a piece of that, they poke at those pain points to kind of agitate what's wrong and then come in and solve it, which can be effective. And at the same time, my intuition was lighting up, and I was thinking, gosh, that doesn't really feel good. I'd rather just kind of be up front and focus on the positive and move people to a really helpful solution. So I sat back really quietly for probably a decade watching this happen, and then finally I started talking about how, you know, it's okay to focus on the passion points instead of the pain points. We do need to know the problem. I want to make sure that everyone realizes that because in business we need to solve problems in order to have that solution to create a viable business. That's just kind of part of the whole uh, premise of being in business. However, like I say, marketing is, is a relationship-building tool and I have found, and this, this wasn't just my own decision here, many clients came my way saying, Lisa, gosh, poking at these pain points isn't working. We've hired copywriters and marketing specialists, and we've got our website content done or our brochures done, and we've got all of our pain points honed in, and they're there, and, and it's not working. And so I'd have to back up and say to people, well, what formula are you using? And they'd say, well, gosh, it was the problem agitate and solve formula. And I'd ask them a simple question. When was the last time that someone poked at your pain points and you suddenly thought that you really wanted to do business with them? Mm. And that's when the light bulb would go on and they'd realize, gosh, I don't talk to my friends like this. I don't talk to my family like this. So why would I have something that's in complete misalignment with my own values trying to promote my business? And again, the poking at pain points can work. I'm not saying that it doesn't work, but what I am saying is it perpetuates buyer's remorse. So why are pain points more important? Because you're painting a picture of possibility. You acknowledge the challenge and the problem with empathy and understanding, which is a big piece of building relationships, and then you can move into the solution that you have to offer, include your value proposition in your case study, so you're really just equipping people with information to make an informed decision. And from there, you can simply extend a friendly invitation for them to do business with you. And the passion points are really, again, focusing laser clear on the possibilities, on what life's going to look like once they do business with you or take your course or listen to your ebook or what or information product whatever it might be but you're showing them how life can be better you're understanding where they are and instead of trying to you know drag them back down into the depths of despair you're uplifting 
Interesting. I, no, I, I like that. And it seems like passion points would resonate more with, um, I think, mission-centered entrepreneurs, people that really know what they want to accomplish. Um, they've, they've got their focus, and they really want to see the solution. It's true, and especially with women, and why this is important, and I'm not trying to exclude men because I work primarily with women, but I do also serve a male clientele, but the importance of women in marketing is that we're, we're influencing over 85% of all purchasing decisions now. Mm-hmm. And so that's a pretty big number to look at. And when you look at some of the, I, I call it kind of old school antiquated approaches with that problem agitate and solve copywriting and marketing technique, it's a little bit more um, masculine and hard-hitting. And, and sometimes there's nothing wrong with that, but at the same time, if you look at the trends and you look at the what's happening in the marketplace and that women are actually influencing over 85% of all purchasing decisions, now they're not, we're not doing that on our own. We're talking to our partners and spouses, but mm-hmm. at the same time, that's what the stats are. And although I'm not a big numbers person, I do pay attention to trends like that, especially when I see a specific technique not working as well as it once did and people craving more personalized touch and those relationships because they need to trust you. And I think if someone's manipulating you into the sale and getting you into a heightened emotional frenzy to then solve a problem, there's something a little bit off with that approach. Mm-hmm. Well, don't you think that most people know what their their problem is? They know that it's not working and they're looking for a solution? Yes, and that's exactly what I've been saying, and that's kind of why I giggle. I'm like, this is not rocket science. It really <laughs> is not. It's just human nature, and if we could just get back to the basics and stop treating people like numbers, acknowledge the problem with empathy and understanding, because, I mean, gosh, listen, I've been in, at places in my life, and I think a lot of us can relate, where I needed to lose a few extra pounds. I didn't need anybody else telling me that. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And that's a good, I think that's a good example, you know, without calling anyone else out on what they're doing in, in their marketing because it's up to each individual. I just choose to do my marketing with a focus on passion points and really making sure that we're putting down a solid foundation for long-term success, whereas oftentimes um, the uh, pain point marketing is kind of flash in the pan. It can work quickly, but it does perpetuate buyer's remorse, and people realize, gosh, what I want is a a long-term solution. I don't need someone poking at those pain points because I'm aware we are all very self-aware beings, and we can make smart decisions. And I think what's interesting is I don't know how long ago that the – the pain point marketing came about, but for as long as I've been following, you know, marketing, advertising, copywriting, and promotions, it hasn't changed much, but the marketplace has, and I think mm-hmm. it's very important to talk about evolving, and we've talked about that before. As people, we evolve, our businesses evolve, our clientele evolves, so we have to stay up to date with that, and we have to meet people where they are. I absolutely agree, and I think you're right. I think people do know what's not working, and I know for me personally, what I want to know is what's the possibility. I mean, if I knew what to do, I would go do it, so you don't have to tell me and take me further down and tell me how awful it is. I get it. If I didn't get it, I wouldn't be looking for a solution. Exactly. 
You know, interesting. I like that because I think that that really puts us in a place where we're focusing on what we can do and the action we can take versus spending that time going back and revisiting something that's not working. Again, we know it's not working. Otherwise, we wouldn't be looking. Exactly. And I think there's, there's some damage that can be done when you are bringing people back into a place that isn't a super fun place to be. If we're mm-hmm. already there, we don't need that reinforced. It's, it's kind of a form of negative reinforcement. And in general, that's not what I like to embody. And the people that I play with prefer to look at possibilities like you mentioned. Like, Let's find that solution. I don't need you to rehash where I am. I get it. I'm here. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I can. I absolutely get that. Do you have um, maybe a, an example of someone that you've worked with that kind of you helped them take a little bit of a different shift in what they were doing and how it impacted the results? Oh, boy. Yeah, you know, one of my favorite stories, and this is funny because it wasn't even a client, but I still use this as a great case study. I had written an article that, that talked about my philosophies and, and the challenge, solution, and invitation formula and focusing on the passion points. And this woman read my article. She had invested in a sales coach and had been working with a sales coach for quite some time. And she was doing live events. So the cool thing about this is you can apply it in any type of communication you're doing, live, in writing, whatever, but it, it shifts the entire energy. So she was, had been using the pain point marketing or trying to, which didn't, wasn't even in align, alignment with her business. Mm-hmm. She read my article. She applied the challenge, solution, and invitation technique at her live event and she got more results in her she did that for like her next two live events she got more results than she had in the whole year of working with a sales coach and blown away and I do have I, I wrote about that on my blog and I'm still in contact with her and she ended up telling me the story and it almost brought me to tears because I thought you know get I get it she didn't she's not a client that's okay but the information that I'm sharing, my philosophies that I'm sharing, are having the impact that I want them to have, and they're making that difference, and they're making this big shift because my goal, is, my big vision, is to have everyone embrace this. So we're treating each other like people, not numbers, and really building each other up instead of tearing each other down. Oh, I love that, um, that, that story. And, you know, what I'm thinking of as you're talking about this is I know for me, when you talk about the passion points, that really resonates with me because I'm someone that likes to, to look at more what's possible and not focus. I, I mean, I know there's, there, it's a, there are problems, so it's not that I ignore problems, but I don't like to focus on the negative and what's not working. What I want to focus on is what's the potential? What's the possibility? What can we do to make it work and move forward? Because that's really where I can make a difference. I think that is so important and just seriously, the small shift of looking at the passion points instead of trying to figure out what all the pain points are really frees a lot of people. I actually had a conversation with some women here in my local market who own a bookstore and they were working with some some different marketing and copywriting coaches who were trying to get them to focus on the pain points and I went in and visited with them a bit and I shared about passion points and they said, oh my gosh. We've been stuck. We were trying to figure out pain points. I said, oh, my gosh, you're a magical children's bookstore. There are no pain points. You're empowering children. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. So they were, you know, they kind of were able to get out of their own way because they were stuck. And they were being taught this framework that isn't really going to work 
for them, although it was what these coaches were trying to get them to apply. And I think one of my general rules of thumb, which is, again, just kind of common sense, and unfortunately that's not all that common anymore, but if it doesn't feel good, it's probably not good. And if it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel right, it's probably not right. You know, that's so true. I think we need to make sure that what we're doing really resonates with who we are and find that authentic voice so that when we share it, when we invite people in to do something, it really is who we are because when you're trying to tweak your message, and we've been that, you know, done that with working with coaches and doing different things, you're trying to fit into their model and you really need to take a step back and say, what parts of it can I take? You don't have to take the whole thing. If it doesn't feel right, it's okay to make that shift. Exactly. And that's what I love about the framework I teach because it's completely customizable to your own voice and message. I can't tell you what's right for your business. I can give you some guidance, but Mm -hmm. one of the things that I think is really important for people to embrace is that When you're building your business, it's your business. There are no magic answers outside of you. There's information that you can use and adapt that will help you grow. But really tapping into your intuition and knowing what's right for your business is your responsibility. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's a key takeaway. And I think um, that this has just been a fascinating conversation. And I can't believe our our time is is up. So how can our listeners connect with you, learn more about you and learn more about Passion Points? Absolutely. Well, I would love for everyone to visit writeoncreative.com, and it's W-R-I-T-E, writeoncreative.com. I offer a free copywriting action plan there that goes over the philosophies and gives you tips that you can apply to improve your own marketing message right away. Well, thank you. And we will put a link to connect with you on our Turn Knowledge to Profit podcast page. This has just been a fascinating conversation. So as we end our time together, can you give our listeners just one piece of advice that they can go out and use and apply to help them build and grow their business? Yeah, I think the best piece is to think very clearly about your strategy. It all really does start with the strategy. Even though the messaging is really important in the heart of my business, if you don't know where you're going, you're not going to get there. So that's really important to just sometimes take a step back and look at what you've created and is it serving you and is it time to course correct? Mm-hmm. That's a great piece of advice. And it's okay to course correct. Absolutely. We should course correct. I mean, Absolutely. if we're not, we're probably in a place of stagnation and no one really wants to be there. No, no, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a great conversation. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. We need to take another real quick break. And when we come back, it's our business builder. So stay tuned. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system 
can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. If that sounds like something that you want to be part of or know someone we should talk with, send an email to managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. That's managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. And let's start the conversation. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Michael McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. As always, I'm here with Janelle, and in our Business Builder segment today, we're going to be talking about how to leverage your branded process into an e-course. What do you mean, Michael, when you say e-course? Well, e-course is a term that's used a lot today, and it really can take a number of different formats. But in its most basic form, it's simply a course that's delivered over the web. That's it. Now, there are a lot of different formats that those take, as I said. So some e-courses are delivered as live phone calls, a series of calls, usually once each week or every other week, something like that. Uh, a lot of times those, because they're live, they do include some live Q&A as well built in. Uh, other courses are delivered as a series of videos or podcasts or some mixture of those two on a schedule. So, for example, you'll get a new video every day or you'll get a new video once a week or whatever it might be. Still others are delivered through a training portal or training website um, and what we use is teachable.com or and there are other ones as well like thinkific.com, there's, there's hundreds of them. Um, but basically they provide a framework that a coach uploads their material to and then the student or the client can come in and take part in any of the, the content they want anytime they want. Well, and I think there's so many options out there, and I know you've been doing a ton of research on training options so that you can give recommendations to your clients, and the thing that's nice to know is you don't have to create your own portal to do it, which used to be the only option, but how would someone go about creating an e-course and getting started? Well, that's a great question. And, you know, first, I always recommend that you partner with a training designer, whether that's Turn Knowledge to Profit or it's someone else. Uh, It's always a good idea to have an expert to help you not just organize your content, but make sure that you really have reach out to the widest audience possible. Um, We know that there's a formula for quickly creating engaging content rich courses. And it's really uh, to your benefit to get someone on board that really can do that. 
whether or not you find a partner or you do it yourself, um, the best way to start is always with your unique branded process or your UBS. Now, I know we've talked about the UBS in previous episodes of The Business Builder, and you're welcome to go back and listen to those, how you create your, your UBS, how you use it. But it really is the, the foundation for everything you create within your business. And it's uh, likewise for an e-course, it should be the, where you start. It really, to create an e-course off of your UBS will expand that brand and really create offerings that are consistent within your company. So what's the first step to get started? The first thing you really have to do in designing a course is look at your UBS, as we said, and divide that into a series of topics that you can teach in, say, four to eight sessions. And there's a science behind why you pick four to eight. We don't need to really get into the details of that, but that's really sort of the sweet spot of numbers of sessions. And you can deliver those over, uh, you know, four to eight weeks, four to eight months, you know, whatever works for you and your content and your clients. But that usually is enough to get people engaged, but not so much that they drop off before the end. Now, if your UBS has four to six steps in it, which is what we recommend, then it might make sense just to dive deep into one step in each session. It sort of naturally flows that you have a six-part UBS, like we have the quick six formula. It makes sense that you had a, a six-part e-course. And then the key to creating those sessions is that they be self-contained and that they provide your clients with actionable steps that they can take to get results. So you want to make sure that you always have actionable steps in each and every session so that your clients can see progress as they're moving along. You don't want them to wait all the way to the end to get any progress at all. You want to make sure that they're, you're teaching things that they can do and start to see results right away after each session. Absolutely. And I think the thing that is really important, and I love the fact that you do talk about using a training designer. And I know people are probably thinking when they hear that, that it's going to cost a lot to do, and it doesn't. And what it does is it adds so much value because depending on who your audience is, depending on the transformation that you're trying to um, provide for your clients, it might be that in your unique branded system that each of your steps is an actual whole e-course, or it might be that your whole process is an e-course. It depends on what you're trying to accomplish. It depends on who your audience is, and it's difficult to know. I know when you've been doing this for a long time, both in the corporate world for large companies all over the world, and you've been doing it for entrepreneurs, and you've been doing it for us. So you've got a lot of experience and a lot of success doing it, but there was a big learning curve. Well, that, you know, that's a great point. It's absolutely true. And I, I think I can say unequivocally that I have never met a client that didn't want to put too much information in their course, at least initially every single client wants to put too much. No one wants to put too little. They always want to throw everything they know into 
a simple e-course. And that's, again, where an expert can really help you to cut that down to a level that both provides value to your client and doesn't overwhelm them with too much so that they do nothing. I mean, what happens is if you try and tell them everything you know, um, they get overwhelmed, they do nothing. It's kind of, I kind of go back to the analogy of a car. You know, you don't have to know all the mechanics of a car in order to drive one. You just have to know how to drive it. And really, as a coach, that's one of the first things or one of the hardest things that you learn is how to give people just enough so they can drive the car. They don't need to actually build one from scratch, which is as coaches, that's our tendency is to, to give them everything we know. And we know so much about our area of expertise. That's why we're experts in it. Um, but you really have to pull that back and really give them just what they need to know. Well, and I think that's an important reminder. And I know you've talked to a number of people about developing their e-course and they actually had in their process a beginning course and then an advanced course in this all the material because it's so much and it is important to remember that just because you know the information it doesn't mean you have to give it to someone all at one time because you want them to have the results and we know if we give people too many steps or too much at one time. They don't do anything, so it's not of value. And the impact is missing, and I think that's why we do what we do, is to have that impact and have the transformation, which is really our goal. So what other things do you wanna have in an e-course? Well, in past episodes of this show, we've talked about a lot of those things, uh, the things you want to include in any e-course, no matter what the format is. Um, I guess first off, I would say stories and examples. Those are critically important. They really give the clients an understanding of how they can apply what you're teaching them to their life, to their business, whatever it might be. I mean, so it's really important to have good, engaging stories and great examples. And I know we've talked about storytelling on a, on a previous business builder. Um, you also want to have some kind of worksheets there. You want to be able to engage with your attendees, your clients, in a way that is not just listening. That's a passive engagement. They can just plug it, plug it in, stick their headphones in and listen. When you have a worksheet, they have to more actively engage. And that's always important in getting people to move forward to make changes. Uh, it also allows them to make progress right away because as they're working through the worksheet, uh, whether you're helping them through it during your actual session or it's something they do following the session as homework, they still have an opportunity to really see benefit, to really make progress just by going through that worksheet. So those are really important as well. And, you know, th again, this is where a, an expert can come in. You really want to have something in every e-course, in fact, every session for every learning style. Um, different people learn in different ways. Some people are visual learners. Some people are what are called auditory learners, so they like to listen to the content. And others are people that actually learn best by doing. And so, again, with working with a course designer or an instructional designer, you can make sure that your e-course has all of those things in it so that you can engage the widest possible audience and 
the the highest percentage of those folks will have really great results with the e-course. Well, I love all the information that you shared, and it sounds like it's a topic that we could even talk about, you know, more in a future business builder, because I think there's so many opportunities for creating courses. If any of our listeners would like to learn more, be sure to connect with us at Turn Knowledge to Profit Radio. And if you're interested in creating a course, let us know. Connect with us on Facebook at Turn Knowledge to Profit. And we look forward to seeing your courses. You know, this has really been a great conversation. I want to thank all of you for joining us today on Turn Knowledge to Profit. Again, I want to remind you to visit our Turn Knowledge to Profit page on Facebook and share your questions, your insights, and your ahas. And also share one action you're going to take in the next week to turn your knowledge into profit. If you have an idea for a future show, be sure to email me at michael at tk2p.com. That's michael at tk2p.com. Have a wonderful and profitable week. Turn knowledge to profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream about. Join us each Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the EWN Radio Network. To download this week's show, listen to past shows, or learn how to be a guest on the show, visit TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com. Past shows are also available at EWNRadioNetwork.com and through iTunes and Stitcher. Until next time, remember, great companies are built around great products. Leverage your knowledge to live the life of your dreams. Let's continue the conversation and turn your knowledge into profits.